Welcome back to Good Moms, Bad Choices. I'm Erica. And I'm Neela. And happy hump day, guys. Hola. Hope you guys are having a good week. Hope you guys have set your intentions for the week. Hope you guys aren't letting any fuck shit ruin your day. Um, Because you're in control of what affects you. And I'm just saying this because I have to remind myself this daily. So, yeah. Do that shit. Life is definitely a wave. One day I'll wake up so pumped and happy, and the next day I'm like, I'm depressed again. (laughs) I'm like, do I need medication? (laughs) No, I just remember I'm in control of my feelings. I'm happy. I'm grateful. And that's just a constant thing I'm replaying in my mind. Don't be mad. (laughs) Don't be sad. Don't be mad. Don't (laughs) Don't be be sad. sad. You're happy. You're eating. You're happy. (laughs) Um... We have a a guest today that I'm really excited to share with you guys. Um, Her name is Ariel, and she is the founder of My Little Yoni. She does women's work and is just overall an amazing person. I'm so glad we connected. And I actually met her through her partner, who is an incredible photographer and just his spirit, too. He's just such a great person, and he passed you along to me and actually we were, I, was, I was telling her I was like I was in your house yes. <laughs> and your <laughs> and Warwick gave me one of your yoni my little yonis and I was obsessed and I actually I was with our beauty blender team and I was just like really into it and they were like we need to go down and shoot. We need to stop talking about vaginas and us. <laughs> I was like, well, this is amazing. I'm like, my daughter needs this. I'm like, so do all your kids, okay? If, you're, <laughs> if you tune into Patreon and you subscribe, you will see my little Yoni right here behind us on our set. It's on mm-hmm. our good mom sign. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us what my little Yoni is. So everyone listening is not like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? <laughs> Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me to be here with you, ladies. I, I think what you're doing is it's it's unique, it's needed, and you're I see you as trailblazers. Oh, thank you. So. Adding that to the list. Trailblazers. <laughs> 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 that's the media kit. <laughs> well, the, so my little Yoni, you, you, everyone who can't see it but is listening is probably what is that? But uh, it's the world's first vagina superhero. Or more accurately, I guess it would be vulva superhero. Mm-hmm. But basically, uh, we, we've taken the vagina and designed a character in such a way where um, that symbol is right out in the open, and it's non-sexualized and non-taboo. Right. I mean, when I saw My Little Yoni, I thought, the first thing I thought was, wow, what a great conversation starter. Like, if you don't know how to have the conversation about your vulva or your sex parts per se with your child this is a great way to start you know like it kind of opens up the conversation it's cute it's fun it's not scary Mm -hmm. and that's what I love about it I mean especially for parents who maybe yeah they feel awkward they don't know how to do it I think parents forget forget yeah like what oh okay they forget until their daughter is like putting their finger in their their inside of her vagina and they're like what are you doing no and I'm like yeah because Irie does that and my, my mom who didn't really have those talks with me even recently she was like you know have you have you ever asked Irie like has anyone touched her and I'm like why why mm-hmm. I mean of course I've, I've taught those conversations with her she's like well she just like touches that area a lot. I'm like, mm. she's discovering herself. It's Why hard. does it have to be this negative, scary thing? Just talk. Just ask her. Did you ask her? <laughs> right. 
she's like, well, I kind of did. And then she like brushed it off. So then it made me worried. I'm like, cause no, it's, she brushed it off because we normalize it and it's not a big deal. And you need to start normalizing yeah, it too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Thank you for creating, for, for creating this. Heck yeah. I mean, it, it's part of it. Of course I'm, I'm choosing to show up and you know, drive it at this point, but it started in a dream. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I, I had um the I came up with the name first, my little yoni, and then a couple weeks later, I had this very vivid dream, which I don't always vividly dream. Mm-hmm. But in this dream, I was, I was in the universe, <laughs> and these creatures were all over the place. And so that's that's actually where the first design came from. That's amazing. And Did you yeah, wake up and like just sketch it out real quick? Uh, I sketched it out, and then I went through the process of making them, and that was. It was, it, it was actually the, the very first um, doll, which you're seeing behind, which is, it's doll-sized. Mm. That was uh, that was very seamless. I, I would say it was very inspired. But that happened years before the current cultural trend. So, like, I always had clients who would buy them, and I always had natural fans and all of that. And generally, it was moms mm-hmm. who really appreciated it as a conversation starter. But then it was really when the um, orange monster you know, Mr. Pussy Grabber made... Oh. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, there's an orange... <laughs> when, uh, maybe Monster is too strong. No, 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 that's pretty accurate to me. Pretty accurate. But, but, but when, when he made Pussy Mainstream, that's when I started real, realizing, like, oh, man, this, this is, is, this is going to have to turn into something else. And that's when I designed the charm, which I don't know if you have one, here. but, um, but, like, this is, like, the design 2.0, which is even more, it's like, what's great about these is like almost a lot more people could afford these, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, We keep the price point as low as possible, and also it's not quite as obvious that it's a vulva. Mm. Like, it's right there, but the big dolls, it's like an engorged, turned on, like, (laughs) very obviously vagina. Versus this is a little more... I think it's, in some ways, it's going to be better for some parents and for some kids, because it's less obvious. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You know, it's like, if you want to talk about what it is, you can, but not everyone's going to see it right away. Right. But basically, over the last couple years, I mean, I'd love to hear from you, too. It's just been an onslaught. It's like, it's been a full-on war, you know, when it comes to what's happening inside our court systems, the rights that are getting stripped away. Yeah, no, absolutely. So that's... Basically, we're we're rising to meet what's going on right now. I'm so happy you use the term war because I use that term a lot. I'm like, we're at war, and <laughs> and it's like such a strong word. And I'm like, but that's what's happening. And I think a lot of people are so socially numb to what should be normal that they don't realize that if we don't combat the norm, it's just gonna con- it's gonna get out of control, which it, to me it already has. I mean, the orange monster is the president, and he's <laughs> grabbing pussies <laughs> and getting away with and it. getting away with it. Yeah. He's been in office the whole damn time, grabbing pussies, no apologies about it. So, oh, I mean, I, think, I think in a lot of that, the reason why men like him and people like him have gotten away with it is because we don't we don't have we don't feel like we have ownership over our. Our vagina, our vulva, we, it's almost like it's there for the pleasures of other people. Mm. Um, and so I feel like when someone touches it or grabs it in, in, in an inappropriate way, it's like, well, it's okay because that's, I mean, he's just being a guy. That's, we what, can, he's, that's, what, he, that's what guys do. That's what they're supposed to do. Even if I didn't like it, it's okay. It's fine. You know? And I think 
teaching our kids now to really connect with themselves and always not just to your vulva and your you know and your in your body in your in your vagina but like in all aspects of your body period like mm-hmm. this is your shit no one's allowed to touch it unless you give them permission mm-hmm. you know and that really starts i think i really do believe it really starts with this because it introduces the conversation and the concept. It's the portal to life. It's why we're all here. Right? Yes. Really. Like, we're so... Con- this is what we're connect. This is why we're here, guys. <laughs> and I think... <laughs> this is why we're Thank here. Thank God for those yeah. vaginas. <laughs> I, I think also pe- people don't realize when you... Um, when you can have that separation with your body, it also really causes you to separate with parts of yourself Mm -hmm. as women not only are we taught to not be in tune with our vaginas and be in tune with our sexuality and like be watered down in that way Mm -hmm. but i think that naturally perpetuates us compartmentalizing other parts of our personality and who we are and Mm -hmm. in spaces because Mm -hmm. we're not being completely fully in ourselves and i think that is such a disservice to people because we're putting on this like what we're supposed to be or what we think we're supposed to be because we're not connected to every part even me I just saw, I just called Erica the other day and I was like I think I'm gonna have to get hypnotized I think I need hypnotherapy because I'm realizing that um, I in sexual experiences I can really disconnect mm-hmm. and I've always been that way mm-hmm. and I'm like and I'm now that I'm like older and I'm doing like you know we're having these conversations and I'm realizing how important these things are to me and and how much my how much of myself is a part of my sexuality and it's been shamed that I have allowed sexual encounters with people because that has been the norm mm-hmm. and that it, I'm almost comfortable with it mm-hmm. and that that's been natural to me. And I'm like, it's because I haven't been taught to be in tune or like have power over those parts of my body. So I can, I can have sex with someone I don't really want to have sex with and tap out. Totally. And not, not only have you not been taught to tune in, we've actually been indoctrinated and programmed to tune out. Like that's part of being a good Woman, woman operating in this culture you and know that shit is scary well it's scary and i would say like and, and i'd be curious to ask you but I, I i generally see it's like you even look at okay like what are where are we getting our information like and you look at um unchecked examples of like this is sexual liberation like cosmo prime example i'm like i'm sorry that is a brand of patriarchy like a hundred percent it's like if you actually look into the headlines it's like how to give men the best head. It's actually how yeah. to manipulate a man with sex so that he them. doesn't leave you because you are not whole mm. as a person. Like that's actually the subtext of everything. Same with Victoria's Secret. And honestly, and these are supposed to be brands for women. Cosmo was like where I learned a lot of shit. <laughs> totally. I was like, I, I would buy it like in like I would buy it in secret because I didn't want my mom to know I was buying it, and like mm-hmm. read these women's stories about how they pleased their men mm-hmm. and like how to suck dick properly. Right. And like yeah, and, and there was also like liber- like empowering stories in there where women Sprinkled felt empowered in. by their sexuality but a lot of it was and is for the pleasure of everyone else besides yourself yeah and 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 it's like a lot of it comes down to performance the performance of sex as opposed to being present in your body and present with your partner and connected and I think that's a lot of what you're talking about in terms of that dissociation and I think that um like that 
I'll call it the reassociation mm. or tuning in. That's a lifelong practice. Like I've been doing it for a long time. And depending on how stressed I am, depending on how often I'm connecting, like there's a million factors that will determine how naturally connected I feel or not. Mm-hmm. But what's really cool about having a practice around it is you start noticing, like what you're talking about. Maybe 10 years ago, you didn't even really notice. And it I, was just normal. And, and, and now that I notice it, I, I can go back to times like in my early 20s where I noticed it, but I didn't mm. think about it. And I can go back. Right. Like, I would like give head <laughs> from like this, from this way, like literally, like this. <laughs> this so, you, so, so you don't have to look at him. Yeah. Oh wow. Literally, like, and I noticed, like, why am I doing this? And I would do it a lot. But now that I'm, I'm like more in tune with myself. I'm realizing because I was checking the fuck out because mm-hmm. I didn't, I wasn't connected to that person. I or you didn't really want to do it. I didn't either. really want to do it, but mm-hmm. I, in some parts of me, some for some reason, I felt obligated. I felt like blue balls was a real disease. <laughs> oh my god! You know, oh like they're gonna die. If you talk about blue balls, you're gonna get a blue eye. <laughs> <laughs> for real, like, come on, for real. But but like, it, it's funny how when you cut like when not even full circle because I'm like we're always growing, but that. I did notice it, but not so. It was just a very, a very swift thought, and then I continued and, mm-hmm. and my toxic behavior because that's all I had known, mm-hmm. and like that's why when we were talking to you on the phone before you came, you know, obviously my little yoni is like this amazing, cool introduction to like you know very small kids to, to break this cycle, but like your your work that you've done that to lead to lead you here like your sexual like your sex. What is it? Sexuality, health, what it mm-hmm. specializes. Yeah, yeah. Sex education, and I would say um, sexual wholeness mm. for for women. Yeah, How? and the men who love them, because like for me, it's like I'm actually a humanist. I really love, you know, humans, but I feel like we got we have to focus on women. It's as, as my husband says, unless the unless the girls are dancing, it's not a party. <laughs> like if the women don't feel safe to dance, mm. like what is going on people? Right. So I really feel like putting the power back in the hands of women and also helping women take responsibility for their own experiences again, then that that creates the space for men to show up. Right. You know, like but to me these issues like my little yoni, it's that they're they're human issues. Like, absolutely. Well, we can't but, even, I think it, until women really f- take that back, we can't even educate our men on how how to, like, handle us. Right. Because we don't even know how to handle right. us. Well, we've normalized the patriarchy so much to the point where we are, obviously, we are, we're products of the environment. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of times, it's women shaming women. It's women, like, you need to calm down with those, with those sexual provocative moves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know, mm-hmm. you need to cut, Jamila, mm-hmm. you need to put on a bra. You need to not wear that see-through top. You know, it's mm-hmm. inappropriate. There's mm-hmm. kids around. Those kids got fed by these nipples mm-hmm. or somebody's mm-hmm. shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's like there's so much work to be done within us. And then it has to be taken to the men so that we can change the system completely. But if no one's willing to do the work like you, then we'll be just in this fucked up cycle. Yeah. And so so with my little Yoni, it's like it, it is the front facing symbol. It's the friendly vagina superhero that can, you know, feasibly be friends with anyone mm-hmm. uh, but it's actually if, we, if you look at we, we've um, we've grown up in such a phallic culture you know it's like to introduce a yonic symbol 
that overtly can be very confronting, even though everything you've already said, like it's where we come from, it's the most natural thing in the world, but we're, we're in a pretty insane situation at this point. But with, with Yoni, I think, it's, I think it's valuable to even mention why Yoni is a word. I was going to ask you, like, can, yeah. you, can you explain to our listeners what Yoni is? Like, yeah. the, like why, what, what it, where it's derived from or, yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I've listened to some of your episode or one episode in particular and where you mentioned how important it is to actually have proper language for vagina. For vagi- yeah. And I totally agree with that and proper anatomy and all of that. With um, with yoni, like I actually think it has the potential to be a word that becomes, you know, a, like a mass massly accepted word, mm. um, and it actually it is a real word for vagina. It's not just a made up word. It's actually an it's an old Sanskrit word, which is not why we chose it, but I really do like the definition, which is sacred gateway. Mm. So you're I heard you and Sh- uh, Shan. Mm-hmm talking about vagina and how it means sheath for a sword Mm, mm -hmm. and actually it's only about the canal it's not doesn't describe the whole thing right versus yoni mean it means sacred gateway and it encompasses the whole vulva even the womb so yoni encompasses the whole thing as everything as a whole whole thing yes it it is a whole so not it's not just one the vagina or the 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 labia it's like the whole area and it means sacred gateway and I'm like oh my god there's no like if that was normal like imagine if all children were like oh the sacred gateway the sacred gateway that would probably change things later in life well too and then they'd be like it's sacred I'm sacred this woman I want to have sex with is sacred yeah you know that would change the perspective and the conversation a lot totally so we want we want yoni I mean and I'm, I'm grateful with the yoni egg movement and like even the controversy around the goop stuff because it has gotten Yoni out there a bit more. What is the goop, we, goop stuff? Oh, um, so... That website goop? The goop, they, they, they kind of helped popularize the Yoni egg and then there were some doctors who got upset about it and there was like controversy around the Yoni eggs. Oh, uh, whether or not it was, was for vet, sanitary. Right, which is not my area, but, but, but one of the outcomes is that Yoni became a more known word. Mm. Right. But I really like the idea of Yoni kind of taking over. <laughs> I support that, and I will I will stand with you, and now vagina's out of my vocabulary, and Yoni's in. <laughs> so in, a, in, a, in an anatomy lesson, it's good to know, like, you know, no, yeah. labia minora, but clitoris, vagina, vulva, but as the whole thing, Yoni. Uh, yeah, sacred gateway. Sacred yeah, gateway. I like that. Yeah. Yoni from the Yoniverse. Yeah. <laughs> um, in your in your sexual health work, yeah. where where would you start? Like, with women, or mm. with me, for instance, mm. who's just experienced, like, just realizing, oh, fuck, I'm fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, this is not good. In your work and, and, and with your clients that you've had, because I know you've done, like, one-on-one work, one-on-one work in that space, where, and what, like, where do you meet them? What do you, like, how do you open up that door? Because your work is not there, like, it's not a lot of women doing things like that. You know, you don't just, like, go to the yellow. There's not, like, is there, a, like, a, like, how do you even know where to start? It's, like, you kind of build your own, you know, curriculum, curriculum in a way, right? Based on, like, who you meet and where they're at. And it's like, is it, like, sexual therapy? <laughs> so, 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 yeah, so we, we got to be careful with terms. So I would, I'm not a therapist. therapist. 
you know, um, and I'm not a doctor. I'd more be a coach and a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and my background is in human development. And then also I started studying alternative healing modalities really young. So I have a strong foundation in all of that. And it was interesting when I was first um, first in the human development world, I noticed that even in spaces where it's supposed to be about unlocking your, you know, unlocking your unlimited potential and blah, 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 there was still a cap on sex. Mm. Like, it was still, like, the shadow that no one was really talking about much. I was like, that's interesting. Like, clearly in the mainstream cultures there's problems, but even in quote-unquote transformational spaces, we're still not talking about it. And it's that's such a, interesting. And it's such a, it does tie to transformational, it does tie to all those things. Oh, yeah. So I would say my, my three areas are sex, death, and money. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. It's like, to me, those are the great those equalizers. I, I don't care how spiritual you are or how secular you are. Like, if you are a human and <laughs> if you're a human alive right now, those three things are going to affect you. Right. Absolutely. I don't care who you are. Yeah. yeah. And they're all very shadowy and taboo. And so those are kind of the places I feel most comfortable hmm. talking about and like, in, in, in terms of my little yoni, obviously that's focused more on the sexuality piece. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, so, so to answer your question though, where do you start? I mean, I would want to ask you more questions as well, because like you were saying, it's very individual. Mm-hmm. But I did create a seven week curriculum, and it, it's more of a mystery school though. Like with this work, like I, I uh, most of my, I actually work with women all over the world. I have people in New Zealand, Singapore, the Bay Area. Um, but it's, it's more of a mystery school because, like, I'm not splashing Facebook banner ads. Right. It's really more word of mouth. Right. You know, so, um, but what I would say about it is it's, it's, a lot of it is about forming a more sensual relationship with yourself. So a lot of it is, it, is, it, is about slowing down. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing, and there's nothing wrong with, the habits we've created around our sexuality. Like even our masturbation habits, our lovemaking habits, like, so I try to um, just create new habits around all of that. So it's like, okay, great. If you're used to getting off in five minutes in this particular way, nothing wrong with that, but how do we expand that? You know, so it might be over a course of a period of time, like you actually start associating associating with your whole body Mm. rather than just like, erotic sensation in your genitals it's like okay what is it like to start feeling mm. sensations in your arms and your breath and your breath like in your whole self mm. um i mean this is obviously a really deep conversation but that's a big part of it is creating new pathways and not shaming necessarily the old ones and not shaming but just the old recognizing ones. them saying okay maybe they haven't served me and maybe there's another way that could serve me more or maybe they've been developed through trauma or through things that are people telling me and there's not or I haven't even thought about it I just developed it and hadn't put much thought into it so now how do I explore those things and maybe switch them up a little bit yeah and how to I mean look if you know something is super duper toxic for you 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 know want to change it it out it's like like there's a but there's there's a difference between expanding your vocabulary versus um there's a difference between expanding your vocabulary versus because you want to expand and grow versus i have a serious problem and need to stop this Mm -hmm. you know it's kind of like the difference between like you know, I'm eating the same kind of food all the time and I want to spice it up versus you're doing heroin. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Right? Um, 
Yeah, so I'm curious, like, I mean, you guys... I, I, we like, talk I, I, like yeah. you have you, to be careful. Like I feel like asking you questions. You can ask questions. Yeah, yeah. Ask her. Go yeah. ahead, ask her. Yeah. This is an open, safe is, space. Yeah. So I mean, I guess my question would really begin with, if you know, if, if I if I could wave a magic wand, where would you want to be six months from now or a year from now? Like, what's your vision for yourself in that area? Um. Hmm, that's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> my, my sexual health wellness plan six months from now. I don't know. I, I guess just more in tune with my with my body. I don't. I'm not a huge masturbator. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am. If I do masturbate, it's very like I have to be like super under the influence or something, mm-hmm. or like. Um, and it's usually like quick and not very like thought out, like you were mm-hmm. saying. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe like exploring that more. Owning my sexual—I mean, I don't have a problem with that. Let me see. Um, just, I guess, just more in tune with my sexual behavior and where it roots from, mm-hmm. and just being conscious of that, so that it doesn't just continue to trickle down with thought, thought. You know yeah. that I'm, I'm mindful of my of my be, my sexual behavior, and, mm-hmm. I'm, and and even where I'm at, maybe some people like are overly mindful of places like. Um, like if you're being, if I'm being too sexual, to bring it back in, I'm mm. not really like that. But just, just being mindful of if I've been judged in spaces and, mm-hmm. and I'm and I'm functioning from that place, mm-hmm. or if I've had something happen to me in childhood or in my teenager, younger adult years, and if I'm functioning from that space, mm-hmm. because I, I recognize that those little things can 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 make your behavior one way or another, you know? Totally. You know, just like one person can say one thing to you at a young age and after that you're never going to do that again. Yeah. Because that person, like, told me that was bad. You know, so, like, just... just I want to be in a, a mindful space and just mindful about who my partners are if they're honoring my body. Mm-hmm. But that starts with me if I'm honoring it and if I've... If I, you know, just, just being aware is mostly what I, I, I could ask for. Completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple things on that. I mean, number one... It's not an accident. I, I don't believe it. It's an accident that some that a lot of this um, inquiry is coming up in the in the context of the work you're doing together mm-hmm. as women, as sisters. Oh no! And I'm sure from a lot of the conversations you've had with other women, mm-hmm. it's like so much of this healing work happens in communities of women. Mm-hmm. So that's like one of the things we're most committed to with my little yoni is breaking down barriers. Mm-hmm. It's like why 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 is there that disconnect between women? Because so much of our um, so much of our power is actually sourced through Each the tribe and community. And like, of course, we stand on our own. But it's like when when women say like, "Oh, you shouldn't trust another woman," it's like you're saying you can't trust yourself. Right. Right. Like, hello, you know. And right. So it's like, you're a woman. <laughs> and, and and regardless of orientation, it's like one of the reasons I love working with groups of women is it's like, yes, there's the practice you do on your own. But you get 10 women dancing in a room, the energy gets stirred up real quick. And what's great about it is it's not about a goal. It's not about picking up a guy. Like, all our previous associations aren't operating. Mm-hmm. So you're able to drop in in a whole different way. Right. Um, but I want to... I'm happy to gift you my seven-week course it. if you like, no, no, really. <laughs> I'm so emotional these days. <laughs> Yes, yes. Those are upstairs or again. Oh my god, you want me to cry? <laughs> no. Oh. You now I can't stand a cry all the time. I love it. <laughs> no, I mean, not well. You upstairs or orgasms. That's what I call too much. Upstairs or orgasms. I love that. Oh my god. 
No, I mean, oh, I love that. <laughs> Thank you. No, because I know it's been something that we, because I think because we are always talking about, oh, that was weird, said ghost. Maybe. <laughs> Um, I think, like you said, like me and Jamila come together weekly and we talk about everything and a lot of it is based in sex and us trying to figure out how, like, trying to honor ourselves more and like, I know, like you did, like, she called me the other day and was like, I think I need, I need to be hypnotized. (laughs) Like, she's like, I've decided I'm getting hypnotized. I did too. And she, and I was like, for what? She's like, I just, like she said, like, I just figure, I need to figure out like where this where where the root of all this is coming mm. from mm. and me too I've, I've had to work really hard trying to like yeah honor myself and like my and my vagina and who I give it to and not feeling like I owe you something because you've done something for me yeah or because yeah. I've made out with you and now it's too late mm-hmm. or because like I'm horny for this or now I'm naked I, I've, now we're naked right. and like you think we're gonna have sex but I don't really want to do it anymore but I've already led you here right. so like yeah. So let's just do mm-hmm. it because, yeah, like, and then I'm going to feel bad later or I'll just forget about it, you yeah. know? And it does, and I think a lot of that, again, is rooted in not having these conversations and really? not, not honoring our sacred gateway, not realizing that this is, that your yoni is precious and isn't for everyone and that's okay. And connected to other spaces in, in your mind and in your body. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Completely. It's a... Uh... Yeah, it's interesting because even seeing a lot of the recent conversation of, you know, there's a lot of, um, there's there's a lot rising and like, you know, and and I think the Me Too movement's absolutely necessary and, you know, all of this is happening and it's still very much, it's still in this gridlock, you know, it's like the the orange monster versus the like marching feminists and like that whole dynamic I think needs to be happening and it's still not addressing what you're talking about which is like but what are the conversations we're having with our two three four five six year olds right right because it's like yes that that whole fight needs to happen now um and And where where am I going to be most effective I'm going to be most effective you know working with moms Mm -hmm. and their kids because that that's like the that's where it's like you, we have more power there in a lot of ways. Right. You know? We're not fixing a problem, but we're, we're, we're actually... Uh, we're, we're, we're nurturing it from the beginning. Yeah. Yes. We're, we're transcending we're, we're the problem. We're, we're recognizing it before it's actually a problem. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Getting we're, to the root. I yeah. literally just had a vision of my little Yoni as a cartoon fighting oh, yeah. the orange monster. When you were... <laughs> I, I literally just saw like, Don, like Donald Trump's like orange face <laughs> and then my little Yoni like punching it and like floating in the Yoni like Yoni world. Like literally Yoni I was like I could see that. I would watch that. <laughs> I, was, like, I, would I could kids see that yeah. on Cartoon Network or Adult Swim or something. <laughs> Heck yeah. Well, so I'm speaking it out to the existence. You're now inside my brain. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean to no, spill no, your no, secrets. Good. There's, but I just, there's like, no secrets. I literally <laughs> open source brainstorm all the time um but so you so how when you when you introduce my little yoni and you you know you 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 talk to moms and their children like how do you explain like how do you talk about it with them like do you go through and talk about all the parts or like do you explain to them how they can talk to their kids about your product like how does that happen yeah so we're actually so so a lot of so we're we're developing all of that right now but we've actually been taking the stories from moms themselves Mm. so like how we started it started with the character it started with this 
you know, it started with this character and then moms loving it and bringing it home and then reporting back to us. Mm. And it's like, so we've let that really guide us in terms of developing the accompanying content. Mm -hmm. So like, because I think that's really important because at the end of the day, it's like the, the gateway to the family is the moms Mm -hmm. and, and how, you know, how maybe a Christian mom's going to relate to this might be very different from like a, you know, a, a different kind of mom or like there's so many different kinds of moms and we want this character to appeal to as many as many families as possible. Right. So we've really been in this space of listening. And, um, you know, like here's an example. Um, epic woman, Winona, up in the Bay Area. She got three originally, one for her and one for each of her sons. Mm, I love that. Yeah, like a five-year-old and a seven-year-old son. And they were super into it. They're like, what is this? She's like, it's Theoni. And, you know, it's like re- respect and all this stuff. And and a couple days later, they had friends come over. And the first thing they wanted to do was show their friends the Yoni. They're like, this is, this is my little Yoni. And then, and then like, the, the younger son, again, like, five-year-old boy, he's like, and you have to be gentle with the Yoni. Aww. And I'm just like, you know, stories like this get back to us. And I'm like, oh, my it's God, amazing. he's not going to grow up to be a Weinstein. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. He, he's going to grow. So... Um, but yeah, right now we are we we're really blessed with some of our advisors. We have one of the leading gynecologists in the country working with us, um, some educational psychologists, and so everything we're pack- packaging together, we're we want it to be developmentally appropriate too. Um, so it's like okay, at age two, three, four, maybe it's as simple as like this is where babies come from, mm-hmm. and I think the the main thing is letting the children steer their education. So it's like if a kid asks a direct question, you want to be able to answer honestly, but you also don't want to overload them with information. So when I was growing up, I got too much information. My mom was a survivor of childhood, like uh, of major sexual abuse. Mm. And um, as a result, she told me too much as a kid. Cause she, she wanted me to be aware of the dangers. And of course, it totally freaked me out. Like, eight-year-olds shouldn't be worried about rape. You know, right. like, they don't need to know about that. Right. But, um, but, but usually the opposite happens, where kids are told that the stork is, comes. comes and, right. You know, it's like, so, so really it's meet your kid where they're at. And if they ask a direct question, answer, right. honestly, and then see if they ask more. If they keep asking more, keep answering. <laughs> But kids have an amazing way of tapping out when they've had enough. They're like, okay, and now I'm present to something else. And you just leave it there. I'm so happy you said that because I think there's this constant, there's this constant, like, ebb and flow. I don't know if that's the right word to use. Mm -hmm. But, but like, um, someone said this to me recently, too, and it kind of bothered me. And I also am a cancer, and I can hear one thing, and I will never fucking forget it. (laughs) (laughs) You heard that? <laughs> you watching? Ever. Um, and someone was like, I'm very open and I'm very like comfortable in my, in, if I could be naked right now, I would be. Just be, yeah, like literally, like let's go outside and just like take a car shower. Yeah. Like that's like, that's how I, I feel. And I've always kind of felt that way. And I don't know if that's because like, I don't, I don't know if my family's necessarily naked all the time. It's just something I developed. And so my kid's that way. Mm-hmm. And so it bothers me. Like, I don't want her. And obviously... I know, there's fucking creeps out there. There's fucking predators. But I also don't want to be like... And I tell her, like, stranger danger and, like, everybody's not your friend. All these things. But also, I'm like, I don't always want her to be, like, like 
let me cover up because there's a boy here. Let me cover up because there's a man here. Because I also feel like men should not be predators, and we shouldn't be. We shouldn't be in it. We shouldn't be cultivating a community where we are expecting the men to be predators. Right. If totally. you're a predator, you're not my friend. Okay. <laughs> Period. Well, you don't. Well, a lot of times you don't know. You don't know. And, that's and, the and, problem. And that's the problem. Mm-hmm. But like you were saying, your mom had a really bad experience, and she gave you too much information, and then you're like rape everywhere, you know. Mm-hmm. And kind of that can be true. There's weirdos everywhere. But I just I don't want I don't want to function from a fear based place all the time, and I don't want her to grow up from a fear based place. But one of my really close friends said to me recently, like, that's why I worry something about Luna. Um, because something like how I am. And mm, I mean, that's a boundary. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, who's and, and, this friend? And, and, and it was in a conversation that was like, it was like a quick comment and there was another person there. And I, and now that we're having this conversation, it's because my psycho cancerness <laughs> is not letting it go. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I always have friends that have made comments. You know, I, 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 I don't know if that's cancerness. I get pretty pissed off yeah. hearing that. And, <laughs> and, and, I don't like and, it. And even when I, I breastfed for a long time, and I would be in the restaurant ordering the motherfucking meal, and I'm like, oh, okay, bow. And da 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 And I don't really give a fuck who's around, because guess what? I'm going to feed my child. And if I go to the park or if I go to the church, there might be a predator. That is just the society we live in. Now, is it going to make me be like, in a corner somewhere doing mm-hmm. it? No, that's just mm-hmm. not how I feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. But it bothered me so much that she projected her opinion, her mm-hmm. non-parental kid-having ass, mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. what I, how I mm-hmm. raise my kid. And I was just like, and and I get it. I don't want her to think this we're in some fucking fairy tale land and, and shit doesn't happen because it does. But I just feel like there's a time and a space that we get there. And let me like let me give her this. Let me do it. And 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 as I see fit, and I, I just, you know, like, how do you, how can you really, how do you navigate that? And I, I, I appreciate you saying it's a developmental, there's stages at which part you introduce certain things. Yeah. Um, and different kids are different. And different kids understand. So, like, some kids might be asking certain questions at four that other kids might not ask till they're eight. Right. You know, and that's why it's letting them steer it. But having a symbol like this around is like cool. It just opens, like you say, it opens up the conversation. Right. This is a sacred gateway. You have one. Mommy has one. Mom, mommy has one. Yeah. I know that you you're a stepmom, mm-hmm. and uh, he is how old is he? He's almost nine. He's almost nine. Mm-hmm. So when did he? When did you introduce my little Yoni to him? How did you talk to him about it? Was he already like? Had he already been having this conversation? Does he know like you know about? The vulva, the vagina, or is it something? Because most boys don't hear it. Don't, and I don't think, talk about vaginas. The first time guys, boys hear about vagina, it's for sex. And like locker and room. Pleasure. And porn, porn for sex, yeah. pleasure. It's never like, they, like it's, it's never just like, these are our body parts. But that's why I think it's so important for, for parents of, of sons listening, parents who have boys or nephews. This is like, it's important for us as, as mothers to teach our daughters, but I feel like it's way important that we start these conversations it's equally as important it's equally important if not more because we have to undo what's been done right and it's it's all fucked up but <laughs> but like I, I don't want any listeners right now to check out like oh this is a conversation for little girls mm-hmm. no no Mm-mm. and you bring up a great point yeah so uh, there's so much here first of all you just we're bringing up like you know that that We've, we've mentioned this a few times, just pleasure and like men are in it for pleasure. And I would say like, look, if women's pleasure is limited because they're disconnected, guess what, people? 
men's pleasure is also limited. Mm. Like, it's like the difference between making love to a cord- cardboard box rather than, like, a connected partner. I mean, that's a terrible analogy. But meaning it's, like, just because it's the norm, like, I think everyone or most of our definition of pleasure is actually quite limited. Because think about it. If one person's a bit turned on but the other one's not, like, there's You're nowhere like- for the energy to go. So I, I would actually say... Most men, even though we're in a culture where it's about gratifying men and all of this, most men haven't experienced the full range of their pleasure either. Right. You know, like the so the, true. The, the, the the pleasure thresholds are generally pretty. I think small. especially men because there's so many rules about their bodies too. Yeah. There's so many rules on which how they can use their bodies. Mm. If they use them in certain right. ways, don't then, touch my asshole. Then they're gay or this or that <laughs> right. or like you don't do that. I mean. We can talk about that all day, and we've talked about that. Right. Um, but but back to what you were asking also, just, or all of us, the, the kid thing and yeah. the boys, and what is what is it like raising a boy? Um, I think, you know, for him, my little Yoni's been around most of the time he's growing up. Mm-hmm. And I would say it was just kind of like, a, like one of the other stuffed animals. It was just kind of there. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, and then it was actually when we started making content and videos for My Little Yoni, like one day we were filming and he just was super, he like came into the studio and he's like, I have something to say. Mm. He like jumped in there and started talking about My Little Yoni. and like, that. Yeah, and he was just like had a whole perspective on it. And it's like, and, and, and so this video got made and, and, then, and then I'm like, Leon, you understand, right? That this is a vagina. Babies come out of vaginas. It's this. And, and it was just like he actually hadn't connected the dot yet until that moment. Hmm. But it just was so not a big deal because when they're young enough, it's not a big deal. Like the whole like when, if, is it okay? Like that's, that, that doesn't really start until the culture sets in. Which for some kids, it's younger than others. Like some kids are already embarrassed starting at seven. Some kids aren't embarrassed till 12. Right. But, like, basically, if the conversation's introduced young enough, it's just not a big deal. It's just what it is. It's like, oh, babies come out of that area of a woman's body is, like, the same as saying, oh, the sun shines bright. Like, there's... You, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Kid, you're being told yeah. the truth, so you're just like, that's the truth. That's what it is. Yeah. And kids aren't as programmed when they're small. Mm-hmm. So it's really when, when adults freak out or teenagers laugh and are embarrassed, that's because... We're interacting with these people through a layer of cultural programming. Right. And that's what's creating this t- discomfort. You know, if we start young enough, it's just very matter of fact. Right. It's actually really nice. It's like, and that's why we're for parents as much as kids, because it really starts with parents getting more integrated and with, comfortable with their own body parts. What do you, how would you, like, if, how would you, like, if a, if a mother came to you who hadn't had this conversation, is yeah. kind of late to the party, yeah. and is, like, raising a girl or a boy, yeah. and wants to have this conversation, wants to introduce my little Yoni, like, how do you do that? Because, not how do you do it, you just do, I know you just do it, but, like, how does that conversation start, especially because maybe your son or daughter already has these preconceived notions of what a vagina's for, mm. and that's it. You know, like, how do you start that conversation? Like, the, the introduction. Because some people, like, are listening now. They probably have 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds. And they're like, shit, I didn't have this conversation. I don't know where my son or daughter is learning about their vagina besides TV or what their friends are telling right. them. Because they're, they're, they're learning from their parents or whatever. Like, 
how would how do you have that com- how do you start that conversation? I'm just I'm curious because I'm sure people are like listening now like oh God, what do I do? <laughs> am I am I too late? Is it too late? Is it too late to unprogram what my child how my child views the yoni? I would say it's never too late. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's 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 like wherever you start is better than not starting. Right at all right but a lot of it's like okay depending on how old your kid they might be receiving education for the first time and if it's really new to you then there's going to be re-education for you I think just um getting back to that place of even asking yourself those questions there's there's a dog outside the door (laughs) she's trying to get in she loves you (laughs) um just getting back to that beginner's mind I think a, a lot of where we get in trouble is like well I'm grown up I already know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ooh, wow. Like, just waking up to the toxic culture we've all been part of. And then um, giving yourself a break in terms of it's okay that you don't have it all figured out. Right. So it's kind of like you can learn alongside of your kids, actually. Right. And you as know? long as you realize, like, okay, maybe what I've been taught isn't the best way. Yeah. Yeah. And I want something better the, the, for my kids. Yeah. I want. Yeah. I think a lot, even with our own parents, even with this platform that we've like kind of like fallen into, I think our parents have had their opinions. You know, like you don't need to talk about your shit on the internet every week. You know, this is your parents. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there, should, there, should, there should be a yeah. limit. There should be a limit. Like right. you know, we come. They come from a generation where it's like you don't put all your shit out there. You don't talk about the issues. You don't talk about the family secrets. You don't talk about the trauma. You don't talk about sex mm-hmm. because that's not ladylike and mm-hmm. that's inappropriate. Yeah. And um, you know, we both have become so liberated just through talking we've both grown so much just through talking and i think a part of with our parents even when i like, wanted to have a home birth it's like that's crazy mm. and it's like just because you did it this way mm. and because you've done it that way and i'm choosing to do it differently doesn't mean i'm shaming what you've done up, up till this i'm not saying you're a bad parent because of it or you're a bad person but recognize that i'm changing the, the narrative mm-hmm. and that's okay and mm-hmm. it's okay to say fuck you know, that wasn't great. That didn't serve me. And I'm growing, and so I'm going to change it. And I see my child doing it differently, and as a mom, I'm going to do, do it differently. But people have a really hard time receiving those messages because it, it, it for some reason, it automatically makes them feel like you're pointing a finger at them. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I had my baby in hospital, and it was great. I'm like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> and maybe it <laughs> was. Maybe it was. was. Yeah. But that's not what I want to do. And right. you should. And, and because I have an, I, I'm choosing to do it differently because I think that if I do it this way, I'll be empowered through that. Mm. Don't immediately let your first opinion be like negative because it's not what you do. I just encourage everybody, and we, I feel like this every week, even ourselves. Like we talked about Christianity. Like we're like so anti-religion, but we're really not. But we're we're spiritual. But I, we have. We are constantly in a state of growth. We have someone new sitting here all the time, and I'm always like sitting back and like, hmm, can I change this? Have I gone this way? And is it because of that? And I just think that is so powerful to be able to shift your your thinking and continue to grow. And that makes a huge example for your kids to be able to to, to make change. To see that you can change. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. You're allowed to do that. It's okay to change your mind. It's okay to learn and grow. Like like you said, like, you know, me and Jamila have been like boldly, I don't do religion. <laughs> but then recently recently I came to I, I had I feel like I've been called to 
explore my spirituality more mm-hmm. maybe not religion but maybe taking things from religion mm-hmm. because I and, and I'm like and I told her I was like I feel weird saying this like mm-hmm. I actually like I want to find a church or something to go to mm-hmm. I, I need a place to worship something and like be held accountable not necessarily worship something but just not healthy. worship yeah. something just but worship my school no, no worship kidding. something within myself yeah yeah, yes. yeah not like a a, a god a pagan or something or yeah, yeah no. not a white guy in a cross no no right. but like and and those and I think those things those conversations have shifted because we talk about things and and for like I was like a self proclaimed atheist for <laughs> actually when my when that episode came out Jared was like don't you remember in college when you would tell everyone you were an atheist I was like oh my I God. believe in nothing I was like I forgot about that <laughs> I was like for real like my mom cried and shit. <laughs> she really did. She was like, I can't believe this. Like, what? How did I raise such a like God hating child? <laughs> Not a God. I'm like, I hate God. Everything is so. Look, I'm actually indifferent. I don't think yeah, there is one. <laughs> right. Actually, it just doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, no, that's. I mean, what you just said. But yeah, we grow. Yeah, we change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we change, and we're allowed to. Thank and, God for that shit. And it's okay. And if you haven't had these conversations with your kids, and they're grown, maybe not. Maybe if your kid's twenty, you know. I mean, give them a call. Give them a call. I lied. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I've been having guilt. There's no stork. I help. I help you figure it out. <laughs> oh my God. I'm you, making did, amends. Did you figure it out? I'm sending you yonis. <laughs> I hope you're having <laughs> Your kids in college are opening like a big vagina stuffed animals. Like my mom sent me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it goes in reverse order, too. Like, I hear stories of, of, you know, daughters who start discovering stuff for themselves, and they're like, they, they send their mom, you know, they send their mom education. Like, mom, like, you, did, did, did you like, know this is how it's going down? Yeah, like, like and, and so that can happen, too, where it's like, I mean, sometimes, it really depends, obviously, on the age of your kid, but that's one, of, I'm very inspired by some of the 17, 18, 19, 20-year-olds, because, like, I mean, there's plenty of issues with technology and, like, there's plenty of issues, but there's also a lot of just comfort around areas. Like, orientation is not as big of a deal as it was when we were growing up. You know, it's like, like, I think we can learn from young people as well. Yeah. (laughs) But it's so funny. Before I got here, I was in the car, in my dirty, filthy car, looking for something, but there was an intermission that came on, and I've never heard this intermission on all my iTunes songs before. Mm. And I think it was something you told me to download, like, orange something. I don't know. It was it was a girl talking. And she was like, as a child, um, you know, I was told to do this and do that. And I, and I found myself uh, wanting to fit in. And so I, I watered a lot of things down. And as an adult, I don't want to do that anymore. And then it just went off. And I was like, that's an interesting thing to just happen to hear before I walk into this, this conversation. Mm. And now we're here having this conversation. And I think that... It, it, I'm encouraging people who, who have grown up in certain, you know, households or maybe religion was really prominent or whatever the whatever you were taught. Like, sometimes you were taught things, you believe things because someone told you those things. Yeah. And they're just simply not true or they don't work for you. You, right. More so that. For you. Like, maybe it works for your mom and your grandma. But, like, I encourage, I, I, I think it's a, such a beautiful thing to embrace your own thought process in your own mind and take that intermission from the car that spoke to you and that brief hello from that woman. You know, like, sometimes I'll look around a room. It's very strange. And, like, I went to that conference. I went to Digital Hollywood. And there was a panel of, like, podcast people and they gave people opportunity to talk to them after and I would look at them and I'd say who's speaking to me who Mm -hmm. am I drawn to Mm -hmm. and the person I'm drawn to that's who I'll choose to talk to you know so you're kind of this is well there's like there's so many directions we can go with all of this but 
I want to come back to something you're saying, but then answer, like, go a little deeper with just, like, how to have those conversations, especially if it's new. Mm -hmm. So part of it is, um, part of it is going to be having those conversations directly. Part of it's going to be learning together. And part of it, one of the reasons why we've, we've created a character is it's like, okay, like, let this character talk to your kids a bit. You know, check it out. If you trust it, like, let that let her begin it because it can be a lot to try and do it all on your own mm -hmm. so what we're trying to create almost a big sister type character mm -hmm. because that's like but one that actually knows stuff one that's actually <laughs> like coming from a perspective that's validated by gynecologists validated by sex educators by sexologists and all of that um but i think that there has to be intergenerational so it's like okay so we might be more moms than young kids but we want to also bring in the wisdom of, like, the 17, 18, 19-year-olds, where it's still cool. Right. You know, all of that. Um, and then you were saying, take in inspiration. Oh, man, guys, I lost it. That's the guy we do all the time. Do you really? <laughs> Story of our lives. Story of our lives? <laughs> oh, man, but it was really good. Uh, just take into consideration that we have our own, uh, we're our own people, and we can come through people. But ultimately, we're here on our own journeys, and we'll have our own ideas and our own, you know, concepts of how things work. And just be open to that, like getting to know yourself and what you believe. That's in. it. That's it. Okay. So what you were talking about, just like following your flow, I think a lot of it has to do with developing that instinctual nature, mm. and that's part of the power of. The yoni, the yoni. Mm -hmm. or the, just the gut, mm -hmm. you know, it's Correct. like, it's like we're such a mental culture and then that's even more with technology, like, <laughs> and coming from stress and all of that. And I would say like, what's considered cutting aid, edge is emotional intelligence, like mm -hmm. get presence, be in your heart. Mm -hmm. But the real frontier from what I see is it's like, wait, how do we develop that instinctual nature again? That's rooted in us. That's rooted. And the thing is, so that, that, so to me, sexuality, creativity, and intuition are all mm. very, very connected. So it's like, okay, so maybe if you're super stressed out and disconnected, you might not even relate to, I, I don't know what I'm drawn to. What does that even mean? So it's like, okay, before you can even connect with that instinctual part of yourself, you might need to go do a vigorous workout. You know, like there's different ways to clock in. You might need to go dance. You might need to... Mm -hmm. I mean, this might sound hippie, but take your shoes off and literally walk around on the ground. Girl, you're yeah. my spirit animal. I, uh, I call church dancing, and I'm like, I gotta go outside naked and ground. <laughs> some, do some ground. I'll put my yeah. head on the tree, like. And that <laughs> might be one of the reasons, though, because you're you strike me as someone who's pretty connected with your body. Like that might mean that you're also more connected to that instinctual nature. So if someone isn't relating to that. That, like to just feeling that or that being able to resonate you might just need to start with getting into your body more that might be the first step yeah it's just like letting go mm -hmm. you know like sometimes you could just dance and it doesn't matter what moves you're doing you know you just gotta like let that shit flow you know and some people are they're so in their head they're like so, i'm off beat yeah we're so up here like i'm, I'm not good i'm not good I'm like, what am i doing I'm, what am i doing right my butt doesn't jiggle like hers right it was just like <laughs> I know my butt doesn't do it, but I'm still going to do it. For real, like, that shit is therapeutic. That's what, like, for me, sometimes I'm like, I need to go to, I, I, go, I go to, like, I feel like church is, like, dancing for me. Like, soul music, soul house. I'm like, if I could just 
dance that shit out. In the mornings, I mean, Irie, we turn the music on and we'll just dance in the morning. That's like her favorite. She'll ask me actually yesterday. She asked me that yesterday. She's like, "Tomorrow, Mama, when we wake up, can we dance?" I was mm-hmm. like, "Yes, we can." And I'm so glad that I that I do that with her. You know, like it's just it's just like you just feel free. It's mm-hmm. like that space, like you were saying, when women come together and mm-hmm. we're dancing and the, the energy just flips and it's not for the there's no man in the room mm-hmm. and it just changes it yeah. because there's no one you're not no one is trying to impress anyone no yeah. one is trying to look better than the next woman exactly or you know it's just comparison is the killer of joy mm-hmm. you've heard that one yeah, yeah. Right? it's true though so when that leaves a space there's so much more joy right and it only takes one person to kill the energy in the room you know what I mean one person to be like Okay, I'm gonna dance a little sexier for him, and then wait, and then suddenly it's okay. like a trickle down effect in some ways. Like if you if you're not grounded in who you yeah. are, but I, but I think yeah, it, yeah. I, I think you it can know. go the other yeah, way yeah, too. I was gonna say, maybe I think it only takes one person. If, if, if me and Erica are just like fucking, no, it, absolutely. You know, then, then this person who's usually really in her head might be like, oh, okay, well they don't even give a fuck if I'm looking at them or not. You know, maybe I need to just do the same thing, and mm-hmm. then and it's to a point where I've I've been places listening to certain music, dancing with my eyes closed. A guy will try and come dance with me, and I'm like. No. <laughs> like, I, I can... Well, obviously, I cry all the time, but... Like, I, I can cry. I just special. <laughs> no, no, no I, I don't cry all the time. <laughs> I am emotional, though. But if there's so much power in connecting with your body. And in in yoga, I've cried. I, you know, I've, I've felt compelled to certain songs, certain music, but it's just allowing yourself to be vulnerable enough to, like, let go of and, and let those guards down of what... You, what cool looks like and what it's mm. what sane looks like because mm. nobody's really that sane mm. <laughs> you know mm. it's just like those are I don't want to be sane I know, so there's, there's, there's just concepts we've been taught and people Boring. who are like super smart and have all these degrees sometimes don't have very high emotional intelligence and can't connect and can't let their guards down and that is not like a balanced thing either you know and, and, and even people that are because you're like you said it's like this whole emotional intelligence thing mm. is like that's like I don't want to say it's a trend I think it's something that's very it's necessary, necessary yeah. it's very necessary but like what about like being rooted in what what's instinctual in the you BQ. not just being emotionally intelligent mm, you know right. that's part of it I think that's I think they're two they're, they're one they have to they're connected if you can master both then even better you know mm. but I think you already we have instincts naturally and I think again like I've been saying this over and over again on every episode that like like this year like I've been like called to really honor my instincts because mm. whenever I go against them yeah it's not it doesn't work out yeah you know and and it always starts within my body mm-hmm. my body tells me every time like whether I'm around someone that's like not my person, mm-hmm. my body will tell me mm-hmm. and then I'll go against it. Mm-hmm. And that's instinctual, mm-hmm. you know, or like if, you know, even like, even sexually, like having sex with someone, I'm enjoying it and then afterwards I don't want to cuddle with them. Mm-hmm. There's something disconnected there. My body's trying to tell me something. Mm-hmm. Even in work, like just making decisions, I'm not feeling like, okay, that's not, something in me is making me feel like, Stressed or worried, and I don't, mm. and this shouldn't be that. Mm. So, what is that telling me? It's instinctually, something's telling me that something's not in line here. Mm-hmm. And every time I go against it, it's not right, but it always starts in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I've noticed mm-hmm. the most. It's not in my brain, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's in here, in my stomach, really. <laughs> totally. And it's, you know, it's interesting though, because 
chronic stress is a real thing, mm-hmm. right? So if we're if we're operating day to day life like a tiger is about to pounce on us, mm-hmm. it can be really hard to discern to to know when what that- what is an instinctual like. Pause and pay attention versus just stress. You how you're, you're always right. living your life Running in that. Running muck. And right. so that's where, that's where bringing in, we're talking about connecting your body, but bringing in pleasure as a practice is so important. Right. It's like you can't be experiencing pleasure and be stressed out at the same time. So pleasure is the top, pleasure and laughter are probably the top tools for developing that instinctual nature. Mm. You know, you're saying you can't you can't be stressed out and be experiencing pleasure at the same time, mm-hmm. and it can get more complicated when it bring when other people start stepping into to the picture. Mm-hmm. So that's why I call it you know self love can be really abstract, but that's why I say self lovership, mm-hmm. like starting to treat yourself like your own lover, lover that grounds it in the body because mm-hmm. then it's not just like ah I love myself, which great, but you know are you it, treating- it might are you. It, that could just be disconnected versus you're just, you're just I'm just taking a it. bath right now and I am stroking my body and I'm worshiping my body. Myself. Yeah. I am taking tangible physical steps of honoring myself and connecting with my pleasure. That's that's different. And that is gonna help you know the difference between like a true instinct versus just a fear based reaction. I have a question. So, starting My Little Yoni, what what was your journey into, like, you said your mom was an oversharer in ways. Yeah. How did you, like, did you, have you always been connected to, you know, your own pleasure Mm -hmm. and your yoni and all those things? Like, what was your journey there? Was it something, like, did it, what did not happen until you were an adult? Mm -hmm. Or were you... A teenager that you felt inclined to this work because you felt mm. yeah yeah that's a good question so I would say that because I was always aware of just the the shadow part you know it's like it's a like I was always aware of what was messed up um, so on one hand that 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 just made me I was aware of the problem so I always wanted to help fix the problem mm-hmm. you know I was like I didn't even consider the fact that I was a kid and I shouldn't be burdened with that stuff. I just always wanted to help fix the problem. So that was always somewhat present. Um, What was good about knowing stuff is I always felt very much in charge of myself. Like, you're not going to fuck with me. Mm. Um, So, you know, the first time I had sex, it was, I actually thought, this wasn't my language in my 15-year-old brain, but it was an initiation I gave myself. Like, I very, like, it was... I was in charge of that experience, you know? Was it full of pleasure? No. (laughs) But I was like, I was curious. I was like, I'm ready for this. I had that experience. And then I didn't do that again for like, I didn't have sex again for probably two years, which even that was like amazing. A lot of, a lot of girls, once they start, they feel obligated Obligated to continue. And for me, it was like, no, I wanted to do that. Great. I had that experience and now I'm doing other things Mm. for a while. Mm. Like, um, so in terms of, so I would say like, I felt very in charge of my own body and my own experience, but I was also, I was a bit like a dude, honestly. That doesn't mean I was deeply sensual, and like connected to my feelings. Mm-hmm. I was more like, I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do it. But it wasn't until I was 19 and I was, it was the first time I was in love in a deep partnership and it was 
we didn't even know what we were tapping into. Because here's the thing. You guys have talked about solo sex manifestation or masturbation Mm -hmm. manifestation or whatever. Like, sexual energy is extremely powerful. It can be. Mm -hmm. You know, so with my, with that first significant partner when we were 19, I mean, we would be making love. And it was, it was full on sexual healing. Mm -hmm. Remember one time we were making love and all of a sudden, um, I felt like I was inside my mom's body when she was 13 inside the bedroom where the abuse was happening. Like, I was just, like, in the scene. And she had never talked to me about it because she was dissociated. She told me about other things, but she was... She was actually blocked around that, like, the very... the, the, The precise details. So here I am making love with my partner, and then all of a sudden I'm, like, in this scene. And it wasn't, like, crystal detail, but... Luckily, like we didn't know what we were doing. It's not like we were studying Tantra or anything. This just happened Mm -hmm. because our hearts were so open and the energy was powerful. And anyways, luckily, like I I just told him basically just stay present with me. Mm. That's all. I I, I had enough gumption to say that. And then I just like screamed bloody murder and like cleared a lot of that trauma. Um, and I mean, so that was one of my first experiences of let's call it sexual healing. And it just happened spontaneously. Mm. And thank God he loved me. He had no idea what was going on. Thank God he loved me enough to just stay present (laughs) because it was probably scary. Yeah. Right. But I would say around that age is when things started opening up of like, okay, like this is more than just erotic fun. This can be deeply healing transformative you've talked about multi-generational trauma is real mm-hmm. it was like my mom and I never even had that conversation I was but gonna ask like, you like when you say like it was healing for you do you think that your mother like because we, we have talked about generational trauma and like you pass things through and all yeah. that all that trauma that your mom had and carried and then being pregnant with you almost like passing it on in some way it has to be it's literally because for you to be able to tap into that mm-hmm. and recognize and be that. there with her, that's yeah. that's proof of that, you it, know? Yeah. I mean, I love that science finally with epigenetics is starting to prove what, I mean, We've shamanic cultures have always known, you know, and like intuitively, like you're saying, like we, it's so clear that stuff is passed, passed. down. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why like in my own family, the reason my mom went through that is because her mom went through that. Mm. You know what I mean? And so with my mom, I, I I give gratitude every day that even though she passed on some stuff, you know, like in terms of the story and psychologically, she did enough work on herself to marry a really good guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's like so she, she like broke, she, she basically, she broke the pattern. Mm-hmm. And I kind of have had to complete that, complete it. Complete it. But I think so much of our generation is just like, wait, like, it stops with us. Like, we're not going right. to pass this to our kids in the same way. Right. right, You know, and whether we're talking about, you know, the sexual trauma or the, you know, there's so many different layers of trauma. Obviously, race trauma is huge, huge, huge. It's like, how do we... Clearly, it's not working. <laughs> like, if it was working, we wouldn't be seeing the results that we're seeing. So I really appreciate that you guys are having these conversations and like putting a stop to it. But so, so anyways, um, yeah, but with my mom, like we never had a conversation about that, but about, but I knew, I knew it was healing for me 
and I suspected it was also healing for her. Mm-hmm. I wondered that. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder if that in some capacity. Did you did you ever share this story with her? I never shared the story with her, but about a year after that experience, so I was like 20 at that time. We were on a walk, and she said, "You know what? When um, I I always felt like." a failure when it came when I always felt like your birth was a failure like I felt like a failure because I expected your birth to heal me I expected your birth to heal my sexual trauma what like basically while you were coming out of my yoni and then it resulted in a c-section and so I felt like oh my god I missed this major opportunity for for healing and and what I found interesting about that is her just having that. To be able to say that, like, we'd never talked about that at all. And for her to be able to admit that um, and to be able to admit that she had been putting um, inappropriate expectations on her child. Like, look, we're the mothers. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, of course, it's a it can be a healing relationship, but we should never expect our child to... Like, we need to do our own work. Right, right. right. So for her to even admit, like, wow, I had this expectation on you even as an infant, infant to heal me. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but it was quite a moment of, like, cool. Like, you're in your seat. Right. I'm in my seat. I'm responsible for my. I'm responsible for my shit. You're responsible for your shit. Like, love you and boundaries. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. I mean, I'm sure. I mean. Children are healing regardless, whether they come out of your vagina or not. I mean, you've probably healed her in ways that you probably aren't even aware of. Yeah. Because I realize that Irie heals me in ways and has saved me in so many ways that she she has no clue. She's just being Irie. You yeah. Know? Exactly. So. But that's the that's the right way. Yeah. I would say it's yeah. just naturally happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So that's some of the the early journey, and then. When I was 19, my partner at that time, we were so young, but we deliberately got pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then it was a, and then um, it was kind of a malpractice situation, where the birthing center said it was a normal pregnancy and it wasn't. It was ectopic, oh, and no. it was in my tube, so <gasps> you could, my wow. fallopian tube ruptured. And and again, I said I was kind of like a, kind of kind of like a dude like mm-hmm. earlier in life, and and I was like. I called and I said, what's happening? And they said, you might be miscarrying. I said, I don't want to. What do I do? They said, bed rest. So I stayed home for two days. Oh, shit. Bleeding. And then finally went in and it was like, it was so, so close. You know, emergency surgery, the whole thing. But that experience, that's really what started me on the path. Yeah, at that same age, around 20. Because I was like, oh my God, I need to become a woman. I need to connect to myself centrally emotionally like if my body's speaking to me i can't i can't ignore it i can't just be like no but i want this Mm. and override it like literally i almost killed myself doing that Mm. so that that was like a very intense experience at a young age but it also really cracked me open to my mother self because i experienced the loss of a mother Mm. because that wasn't you know we planned for it we wanted that so it's like in a strange way i got to experience the grief of a mom on a level and then at the same time be a really young person without the responsibility of having a kid and I got to turn all of that towards myself Mm. and my own healing so that's kind of some of where it started but it's like sometimes it takes an extreme experience to wake you up yeah Mm -hmm. set you on your path and your purpose for sure absolutely yeah um what would you say 
like if you had my little yoni as a kid would it would it have changed anything for you i mean because did your mom have conversations about your yoni as a kid you just kind of had to figure it out on your own. I mean, you obviously still, if you felt empowered and you didn't, you like when you did have sex and when you did in that way, like you, it was on your terms. But as far as the education on just connecting with yourself outside of sex, like did she, she never really had those conversations with you then? No, it was like similar to what you guys are saying. It was pretty fear-based, mm. you know. Um, I would say what it would have changed, if my little Yoni had existed when I was a kid, I wouldn't have felt ashamed when I first started self-pleasuring mm-hmm. you know because I did I, I started I started masturbating and I tried to say self-pleasure to like give new terms mm-hmm. um, but I first started touching my yoni probably when I was nine or ten and even though at least I did it because mm-hmm. a lot of people are so ashamed they never even do it mm-hmm. and then they come to me at 40 and they're like I've never how do I do myself. this yeah um, but I definitely still felt shame. Mm-hmm. You know, like I would do it, but it would still be like quick and quiet. And like it never felt like there was space for it. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like mine. It was like something I had to explore on the edges. Some secret other part of you. Yeah, as, a, as opposed to this fundamental message that you belong to you. <laughs> Your yoni belongs to you. You know, I was like, that. that's one of the first that's one of the first mantras I'll have I'll have women say and it's like something that simple can be deeply touching to put your hands on your womb and either look in the mirror close your eyes and to say to yourself I belong to me I belong to me I belong belong to me me. I belong to me me. and something that simple it's like that that something that simple actually goes against the whole grain of, of what we're taught it means right. to you know to be a daughter it's like you go from being a daughter to a girlfriend to, to a, a mother wife, right. to a wife or yeah all of that um but to answer your question yeah it would it would have the shame would have there wouldn't have been the shame you right. know and that's why like in the superhero narrative Milo Leone's nemesis is the shame monsters mm. <laughs> She's here to smash the shame monster right. to get yeah. rid of that and bring in that pleasure and self-love. And it's like, you know, it's like it, it's a, it really is. I mean, to me, that's at, the, the, at this stage in my life, that's my flavor of activism is like bringing the kind of art and humor and education that can actually get that message across. Right. You know, because if I'm attacking people, they're not going to be receptive. But if my little Yoni can be like, hey, get you laughing, and while you're laughing, like, like, introduce us to and fun. You can put it on your bed, you can put it on your couch. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I'm so grateful. Like, every time you have someone someone here, it's just like I, I, what you said about community and about the tribe and about like how powerful how powerful we are as women when we come together and we like honor each other like I, I can you say things and there's so many things I can identify with mm. and certain things that I may have not thought about and I'm like damn now I'm thinking about that or mm. you know just so, there's so many there's so much power in just having conversation mm-hmm. and I'm just I'm so grateful I'm so grateful for you Erica I'm so grateful for you for being here I, I, I don't believe that anything happens for the fuck of it I think everything is a divine divine meeting and divine you know my witchy shit <laughs> witchy <laughs> witchy shit um, <laughs> absolutely and I'm just so amazing to like meet a woman like you that you've 
made this amazing thing to help facilitate teaching our daughters and boys and our sons um, just to change the narrative. And like, I, I, like who knew the podcast world needed a podcast, like good moms, bad choices. Who knew the world of toys needed a a My Little Yoni, you know, but like you, you have dreams and then you start that shit and then you you literally do it. And then you realize how important your work is and Mm -hmm. you cross paths with other women doing like, outrageous trailblazing things and you're like yes (laughs) yes yes to all this feminine power and energy and i'm i'm just so grateful i'm happy yeah me too thank you so much thank Thank you you so much for taking time and coming to chat chat with us absolutely can we tell our listeners where they can find you and where they can find your seven week course and where they can find my little yoni and all their friends <laughs> they, they can't find the seven week course quite yet because okay. that's the underground you can you okay. Can, okay yeah um but definitely my little yoni it's at my little yoni on instagram mm-hmm. my little y-o-n-i and then all the same across everything awesome my little yoni.com and um yeah, thank you guys for having me here. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate you. Um, so you guys, make sure to follow Ariel. And also, if you guys aren't following us, make sure to follow us at goodmoms underscore badchoices. Make sure to join our newsletter um, at goodmomsbadchoices.com. Jamila's putting recipes out there and shit. Thanksgiving's coming up. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. Um, and we're gonna put the some more information about our yonis on there. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah, we'll do a giveaway. Yeah, and we're gonna do a giveaway for my little yoni, so look out for that. Um, and we'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye.